0: This is the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10 and I'll read verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would just speak to us through your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, even as we watch this on our TVs and and, and computers and and devices. Lord, speak to us and minister to us, uh, mold us and shape us to be the people you want us to be, Lord. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just to set the stage, we're in the book of Luke, and uh, you remember the book of Luke. Right. We were here long, long before um, all of this stay-at-home and coronavirus uh, happened, and we're in, and we're in chapter ten now. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and in this part of Scripture, he's teaching people what it means to follow him, what it looks like to be his disciple. And so Jesus and his disciples were passing through this town of Bethany. And Martha invites them into her house. Now, Martha and Mary, they already know Jesus. Okay, They were friends. We see in, uh, in John chapter 12 uh, that they know Jesus. And they have a brother, Lazarus, who was raised uh, from the dead by Jesus. And they knew him as teacher and Lord. What we see here is a very simple story where Mary, Martha's sister, sits at Jesus' feet and listens to him. While Martha, she flies into action and you can picture her like you can picture Avery working in the kitchen and tidying up and, and making food and all of these things, um, basically doing all the things that a good hostess would do. All the while Mary sits at Jesus' feet until Martha can't take it anymore and she storms over and she says, Jesus, can't you see what's happening? I'm doing all the work here. Tell Mary to get up and help me. And Jesus says, Martha, you were worried and upset about many things. Few are needed, in fact, only one. And Mary has chosen that one which is better. Now there's a simplicity to this story, which makes it timeless. There are things that are very obvious in this story, and I think there are things that aren't so obvious there's a depth to this story, which may challenge how we think. And we're going to look at both of these things this morning. And the first point is the most basic one. It's that spending time with Jesus is foundational. Spending time with Jesus is foundational. You know, they say uh, when a building is being constructed, you can always tell how tall the building will be by the hole in the ground, or by the foundation. How deep the foundation is will determine how tall the building will be. In the same way, time with Jesus is foundational. If we expect to grow in our spiritual lives, to grow bigger and stronger and more mature, we need to spend time with the Lord. If you spend time with him, reading his word, listening to his voice, talking to him about what's on his heart, then I can pretty much guarantee you're gonna grow and you're gonna become formed and shaped to be more Christ-like. Now you may say, uh, you know, I already know this, right, this is this is pretty obvious. Um, Jesus loves me and wants a relationship with me. And I wanna ask, you know, how's that going? Are you spending time with the Lord Jesus? Are you doing your quiet time? Are you spending time in prayer? So many Christians come to church week after week, month after month, and they may even get involved and and serve, Uh, but over time they don't see the growth and the change uh, that they hope to see or that scripture promises. When we look at 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, that's a pretty dramatic transformation that Paul talks about being a new creation. Are you seeing newness in your life? Do you see renewal and change that is refreshing? That is where you're becoming more like the Lord and we're adopting his values for our lives. When we don't see these things sometimes, we think God or the church or somebody has has failed me. But I, I think that part of the answer is here in scripture. See, when we look at the passage and we see Martha, she is active. She doesn't lack for being hardworking or conscientious. And these things are usually good. But I think what we see here is Jesus saying, Martha, you are worried and concerned about so many things. You're missing the point. Mary, who simply sits and listens at my feet, she is gaining something much more valuable. See, spending time with Jesus is foundational for our spiritual growth. It's also formational. Time with the Lord is where he shapes our hearts and our minds. In scripture, we see people changed in his presence, his disciples, and those that understand lordship in their lives, his lordship in their lives. When we go about our lives, does it display God's lordship, Christ's lordship and headship over our lives? You know, in this fast-paced achievement-oriented, works-oriented culture that we live in. Often spending quiet time with the Lord is the first thing that goes out the window. It's something that just, it just naturally goes by the wayside. But these are the points in time where God shapes us and he molds us. When we're able to spend time alone with the Lord and distance ourselves a little bit from the the bustle of the world, God gives us perspective on life, and he reveals to us what is truly important. I think Martha has adopted a bit of a worldly way of expressing her faith in the Lord, and perhaps you see that and you feel that in yourself as well. And I think what happens when we're busy and we don't spend time with the Lord is that a disconnect starts to occur between our heart and our hands. You may do things to serve. You may even help other people. But you may find over time, you're not growing in love for the Lord. Or you're not growing in love for your neighbor. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where Paul denounces spiritual activity that doesn't have love in it, Listen to these words, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love. I gain nothing. See, these are, these are hard words because all of these things are sp- spiritual gifts and uh, important ministries. But the scripture says, if we do these things, but have not love and are not formed and shaped into God's image, they mean nothing. I've had a wise... A person in my life, a mentor, asked me the question: "Is your being with the Lord enough to sustain your doing for the Lord?" Is your being with the Lord enough to sustain your doing for the Lord? And this is a constant challenge for those of us in ministry, and especially for those of us um, as pastors. See, time spent with the Lord is time that we can't be planning or time that we can't be holding Bible study, or practicing worship, or doing visitation. And so time with the Lord goes by the wayside because it doesn't seem productive. But this, just like for Martha, she was missing time to be formed and shaped by God. Time with Jesus is foundational and it's formational. And when I think of all these things going on with the coronavirus and, and being sheltered and stay-at-home orders and restrictions, one of the things I, 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 seem to, um, I think of is that God is giving us an opportunity, an opportunity for us to spend more time with him. See, many of our normal reasons for why we're too busy to spend time with him, um, things like work, and uh, our commute, or travel, or social activities, um, or youth sports and our, our kids' activities, these these no longer exist right now. And it's almost as almost as if God has stripped away our excuses for not spending time with Him. So spend time with Jesus, like Mary did. The second point is to check your spirit and your heart before God. As I meditated over this passage this week, uh, one of the connections I made was with another pair of siblings in Scripture, and that's the prodigal son and his brother. You know the story, in Luke chapter 15, the younger son goes to the father and he asks prematurely for his share of the inheritance, and upon receiving it, He just tosses away his family, and he goes and he squanders it on wild living. After he hits rock bottom, he returns home, and he asks his father if he can be a hired servant. With incredible love and grace, the father embraces him with no hesitation. He receives him back into the family, and he restores him as a son of his And this is a picture, we know this is a picture of God's love for us, bringing us back into the fold and reconciling us to him. But the older brother, who has dutifully stayed home, he's filled with resentment toward his his returning younger brother. And as it turns out, he has resentment towards his forgiving father. Now, the story of Mary and Martha is a little bit different, but I think there's a similarity. There is a spirit, a heart attitude we see in both Martha and the older brother. There's a part of us, I think, that um, that relates to them as well. Or There's a part of us that wants to see Martha and the older brother rewarded or commended just a little bit for being dutiful or responsible, right, like they were doing the right thing. Why are they being criticized or rebuked? Don't you have that feeling? This is something I think that uh, we need to work on in our lives or something we need to talk to God about. Because if we study scripture and we look at these passages, we see that that's not what happens. They are not commended for the way they are. Martha and the older brother are on the wrong side of the story. And this this may be hard for us to understand um, until we understand that God sees things differently and he is looking at the heart. In an article entitled, Maybe Mary's Right, But Martha's Me, a woman named Kate Moody uh, writes this, I was raised in a family where I was taught to work hard. I was held accountable for my actions. There's nothing inherently wrong with being raised this way. But I must be careful not to see the framework in which I was parented as the framework that God uses to deal with his people. God is a just God, but he is not limited to our human concept of fairness, which is easily distorted by our own self righteousness and I think this part is key. He calls us to give up our lives for him but we don't always know all the ways that call can manifest itself. See in the way God calls us to lay down our, our ourselves and to pick up our crosses and to follow him um, may apply in very in, in many different ways um, And one of the ways may be, He wants us to change how we show our love and loyalty to Him. You see, for Martha and the older brother, I think Jesus' call to follow Him doesn't mean go and do more or work harder. It means they need to give up their hearts and their spirits to Him. They need to check their spirit before God. And this is what God may be saying to you and me today. It's less about what we do and more about the condition of our heart and our spirit. In her book, Having a Merry Spirit, Joanna Weaver identifies five especially dangerous spirits or attitudes that keep us from being more Christ-like. See if any of these resonate with you. One, a competitive spirit. This is one of comparison you know where you need achievement, and you need to prove yourself better than others. Two, a controlling spirit. This is one where we micromanage other people and other situations because we need that that control and to feel like you know we're um, we're we're in control of the situation. Three, a critical spirit. A critical spirit. We know that where no one else is good enough or something always or someone else always should have done better. And that's how we look at things. Number four, a contentious spirit. You know, one who who loves to argue or debate, one who's kind of wound tight. And five, a discontent, discontented spirit. Never fully comfortable in your own skin, never content with life or the situation, can never really rest. Do you see yourself in these spirits like I do? Competitive spirit, controlling spirit, a critical spirit, a contentious spirit, a discontented spirit. See, God wants to work in you and me. He wants to free us from these negative spirits and these attitudes which which weigh us down and which shackle us. I think some of these things can especially become issues during this time of, of um, sheltering and staying at home, you know, because we're in close proximity with each other, we're in each other's way, uh, we can't get out, um, and and sometimes just these, this this spirit about us then can, can turn in the wrong way. Jesus, I think, like, um, says to us, like he says to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Come, sit at my feet, listen to my voice, understand my heart, and rest in my presence. Do we have things that we need to do? Absolutely. Should we be hard workers in our homes and in our churches? Without a doubt. God commends these things. He commends the hard worker and he loves those who serve him diligently. But first and foremost, when he says a few things are needed, indeed only one, it's saying remember that the most important thing is your relationship with him and your heart before him. Before anything is done, before we lift a finger, we need to check our hearts and we need to come before the Lord. In this passage, he says, tend to that relationship, your relationship with God as Mary did, and you'll have chosen what is best, and it will not be taken away from you. Amen.